this week on Happified for my conversation with Amanda Elise Love. She was diagnosed with fibromyalgia at the very young age of just 20 years old, and since then has become a registered holistic nutritionist specializing in helping others in their journey with fibromyalgia. She uses nutrition and other tools to support them in feeling better, managing their symptoms, and not only sharing these insights with us, but her own determination to become her own advocate and take a stand for restoring her health. There's some great information in this episode. I'm so glad you're with us. Enjoy. Hey there, friends. Are you looking for tools to resolve stress, reliable information to support your whole health, tips to help you motivate yourself and identify when motivation is fading before it happens, implementation, accountability, and someone to remind you to celebrate even the small successes where you could find tools you can use and accountability in a community that cheers you on, where information about health trends and lifestyle is reliable and straightforward. I know that you have what it takes to up-level your health habits and restore your resilience. You just might need a boost to start building momentum. I've designed a membership where you can choose the level of support you'd like to get every month. Whether it's tuning in to connect with like-minded change makers or getting personalized support with one-on-one coaching to help you chart your path to success. Check out the link for the Velocity membership at happifiedlife.com. Special pre-launch pricing is now available for premium support, but you can jump in for free if you just want to test the waters. I look forward to seeing you inside. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome back. I am so excited to have you with me this week as I welcome Amanda and she's going to share some brilliant insights as we explore her own story and experience. I love sharing people with you who can speak to their own story and can show the power of taking action. So let me tell you a little bit about Amanda Elise Love. She's a registered holistic nutritionist specializing in fibromyalgia. She herself suffered with this debilitating illness for many years, and now her passion is to help others find wholeness and healing in their own lives. She's a writer, podcaster, wellness coach, speaker, and currently resides in Prescott, Arizona with her two Westies. You can tune in and listen to her extensive library of podcast material at Fibromyalgia Real Solutions with Amanda Love, or find out more about her personal coaching available on her website, amandaeliselove.com. We're going to have that link and anything else in the show notes. So you can check those out when you're ready to learn more. Amanda, thank you so much for making time to join me today. Thank you so much for inviting me. So when you say you have suffered with fibromyalgia for many years, if that is watching the video, you can see that Amanda doesn't look like this is something she should have been struggling with for many years at this point. You're still pretty young in the world of fibromyalgia patient. Yeah. Um, I'm only 31 years old. I turned it this past January 
And people don't get diagnosed till they're in their late 40s, 50s, 60s. So I was a baby <laughs> compared to most people. I was diagnosed 20 years old, uh, about six weeks before my 21st birthday. And was it something that you were trying to track down for quite a while at that point? Because it's not something I'm sure given your age, they were a little surprised to give you that diagnosis. Yeah. So when I, I wasn't, I didn't know what it was at that time. I was just, I just knew I was super sick constantly growing up and I didn't know what was going on. I had a lot of immune issues, congestion, sinus headaches. I was always fatigued and I was fighting this battle with my body of, okay, get well and complete school. And I just, I was like, what's going on? I always knew back when I was young that healthy food was good and exercise was good, but I didn't really know <laughs> what that quite meant. And so I was like, out of high school, I did personal training program, completed that. And I turned 20 and all of a sudden I couldn't get off the couch. I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. And I couldn't go to the gym anymore. I would crash. I was taking two to three hour naps in the afternoon. And for me personally, I was like, well, what's going on? I was crying a lot. I cried constantly. And so for me, it was like this cycle of, okay, what am I doing? What's going on with my body? And so eventually I found I went to one of the top rheumatology centers, Mesa, Arizona, which now they don't even take patients with fibromyalgia. So, so that's an interesting thing when I called them like about a year ago and just to see what about it and stuff, not that I need to go, but, um, for me, I was like, they said, well, you're probably depressed. Well, yeah, of course. I was depressed. That's what they said to my grandmother as I was out of the room. And I knew they were saying something about me. So I asked her <laughs> and then they said the medication and they said physical therapy. So that was an interesting journey of, okay, medicine took it for a few days. It's like, yeah, whatever. This doesn't make me feel good. I'm going off of it. And the physical therapy I did probably... I would say two months maybe, but I find physical therapy is just, it's not, you're not overweight with fibromyalgia. So it was sort of a silly idea. And I did the weight training. I did the water aerobics and everything. So, and I would just come out crying, crying, crying. And so my grandmother saw that there was a pain management place right next door and since her and I are always the type that would be like, let's do anything. So I was like, okay, did a consultation, said three treatments, right? Um, they, you would wear like a hospital gown. They would draw circles on all your trigger points 
your tender points. And then they would shoot this huge needle into, I wish I knew what it was because I never knew, but it's probably some sort of coral something. And that was supposed to help with the pain and the fatigue and my blood sugar crash. I would be so much pain. And I was like, well, I'm not doing this anymore. And it's a jerk. It's, it's honestly, it's a journey. I find it's a journey with fibromyalgia. I actually, in 2011, I found my grandma found a newspaper clipping said wellness talk by a wellness chiropractor. And for, she went to the talk and it, he said, well, if your granddaughter's diagnosed with fibro at 20, she's been very, very sick a long time. And so did stool testing, did saliva testing, food sensitivity testing. And I worked with him for eight months and I did elimination diet, which a lot of people are like, well, that's scary. <laughs> that scares me. And honestly, you have to get to the point where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired. I tell people <laughs> if you're going to the elimination diet is not the easiest thing, but I help my clients through that. But I had two genes predisposed me to the gluten sensitivity. Highest in his practice, a soy sensitivity, egg sensitivity, and a dairy sensitivity. So for me personally, I was like, I'm at that breaking point. I'm at that breaking point where I'm going to change my life because I don't want to live the next 21 years in pain, fatigue, headaches, sinus infections, congestion, all of this stuff. And it takes a while. And I did do some other things after that, but I find we got to take back our control of our health or nobody's going to do it for us. You have to do it for yourself. Yes, 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 yes. So many yeses in what you were just sharing with us. Oh, I have to kind of go back and peel through the layers. So you mentioned with the pain therapy clinic that they mark the trigger points. And so if people aren't familiar with fibromyalgia, there are kind of a a shopping list of areas in which they expect you're going to be having pain. How many trigger points or areas are there? You should have at least 13 of the 18. I mean, that just sounds terrible. You should have at least 13 of 18, 13 areas of pain in your body. Yeah. And when they touch you, you probably are winching or screeching. You're so much pain. I always tell people it's not a pain that goes away. Right. Mm -hmm. I think people think, oh, it's just a little pain and it'll go away. It's not that type of thing. I remember I couldn't even get out of the shower. I was in excruciating pain and One of the things I remember is people just hugging me, just getting a hug from somebody would be painful. Like my shoulders and my neck were like the worst. I did not want anyone to touch me. I actually had my sister who was two years younger. She got one of those like pillows that massages you. It was horrible. (laughs) She had to take it back. But yeah, it's, it's a crazy journey you go on to realize, oh, I really need to focus on my health. And sometimes I feel like if we don't focus on our health, then it just, it's going to get worse and worse. And sometimes it forces us to focus on it. 
before we focus on anything else in our life, right? Right. As much as we want to be normal, be occupied with the normal things. And, right. and that's such a great example too, the impact on your family, right? The only thing they want to do is come up with something that'll help you feel better. And so many things just don't offer any relief or support. Yeah. I always say my mom and especially my grandmother, because she was the one who would take me to all of those different appointments. Like I can drive or do any of that type of thing. I was in so much pain. And I think the biggest thing is you got to have a support system. Or if you don't have a support system, you have to hire someone sometimes because we need support in our life or we're not going to do what we need to do in life. Because it can be really overwhelming, really overwhelming. So I love that the stars aligned. And it sounds like about two years after your diagnosis is when your grandmother saw the health talk advertised. Yeah. So you had been through the paces with everything that wasn't working for you at that yeah, point. Yeah. And I probably, maybe I had it early on in my life. Who knows? I mean, I don't focus on a lot of people say, well, I probably had it earlier on in life. And I'm like, well, if we got to get to the point where we're fo- more focused on where we are now, right? Yes. I think we could focus on, oh, I had it for this many years. It's like, yeah, but what are you doing now to get better? Yes. And so I appreciate that you were talking about the elimination diet and that it's not an easy thing to do. And when we first chatted, I shared that my mom with her experience with autoimmune issues did do an elimination diet finally after some encouragement. And we were very surprised to find that she had kind of a shopping list similar to yours of foods that her body just wasn't reacting to at all. She had, you know, the migraines, the sleep issues, other things going on. And so when you say you just have to be fed up with not feeling well, you just have to reach that point of resolution where it's worth that, that transition to go through the process. I mean, I, I, I find, yeah, I always tell people one little molecule of gluten can stay in your body for up to weeks, up to months. So if you're going to go gluten-free, you can't cheat. And that might sound very hard, but what can you replace those foods with, right? You can have sweet potatoes, you can have brown rice, you can have, there's so many things you could have nowadays to replace the foods that you are cutting out. And I don't always, I don't want people to think of, well, I'm going to be deprived of whatever, right? There's, I mean, there's dairy-free butters, there's dairy-free sour cream, there's dairy-free veginase. There's so many things that's dairy-free, but it's not like, it's not, you have to look at the ingredients to see how healthy they are. They might not be the best, right? <laughs> I mean, but if you, once you do the elimination diet and then you could start adding foods back, you could maybe start trying some new products and stuff. I find there's so many things out there that there wasn't out there like 10 years ago. So true. If there's a time at which you have to, you know, knuckle down and and go through all the food that you don't want to have to take off your list. There are so many terrific alternatives with the number of people who have gone plant-based, you know, there are the, the vegan 
dairy products, big air quotes around all of that. (laughs) There's great substitutions now for eggs and that sort of thing. And so you don't have to completely deprive yourself. It it requires creativity, but also in terms of eating out, I'm lucky to be in Southern California. You're pretty close to me in Arizona. I think in the Southwest, we're lucky to have restaurants and businesses that that are answering the needs of their customers and having alternatives available. And I think that the more that we ask for it and let businesses know this is what we're looking for, we can keep moving that kind of change forward. Yeah. And I always say to people, if you want to be, if you're allergic, if you can't have steroids, you can always look on a website. There's, they always have like menus usually posted. (laughs) plan ahead, plan ahead. So then you don't fall off the wagon with what you're doing. Right. Yes. Because I think the biggest thing, if you plan ahead, then you're, you know what you're going to get and you don't get distracted by all the other things that you could have, because we all want to, it's like, we could, we could think about it as like, well, I can't have a grilled cheese sandwich again, or I can't have, but what are you gaming is the question. Are you gaining your health, less headaches, time with your family? I always say, I always say, I don't have kids, but I have a almost two-year-old niece. And for me, I was able to play with her a couple months ago and not be in pain, not feel exhausted, right? Not feel like that just wiped me out for the day, even though it is tiring. But I think that's what people need to think about when if they have health issues or if they have fibromyalgia, you're gaining so much more than eating, not eating those foods that you used to love. So true. So in some work that I used to do, I worked with senior clients. They were in their eighties and nineties and I would help them downsize. And that was probably the hardest part about moving is giving up the things that are so special to you, right? Those mementos, the gifts they got from the kids that the kids probably don't even remember giving them for Mother's Day or Father's (laughs) Day secretly, you know? And, And what I would try to help them recognize is you can keep track of every single thing you have given up and that list will always be long. And you will still have trouble fitting into your cute little apartment that we are going to set up for you because you will never keeping that tally give up enough that you have just what you need. But if you can change your perception to think, what do I need in my new space? So what do I need to do for myself to get good sleep? to not have migraines, to be able to go to family events and not have to take days to recover afterwards, then suddenly it's a different equation. Yeah, it really, it comes down to a mindset of, do you want to be sick and tired or do you want to have a life again? Do you want to be able to go back to work? Do you want to be able to enjoy your family or do you just want to continue to suffer? And you have to ask yourself that question. And nobody can answer it for you. You have to answer it for yourself. Yes. Yes. I think that's really important, but you just have to get that clarity. It's not an easy question to give yourself the space to look at. We're pretty good at avoiding those tough questions, but when you've gotten down to those answers, I think that's some really powerful clarity. Yeah. It's all about clarity. I think, what do you want in life? We all have a purpose and some of us 
need to realize what that purpose is. We don't want to go our whole lives and then get to the end of our lives and be like, oh, what did I, what am I leaving behind? Oh, I'm, I didn't leave anything behind because I was too focused on being in that sick mindset. So is this something that you find um, you really have to kind of tune into with your clients that you work with? Yeah, I find, yeah, I think I find, I find with people with your fibromyalgia, they're probably, they probably were, they're very driven before they were diagnosed. And now that they have fibromyalgia, they're like, well, I'm going to push it to the side. And I'm like, you can't push it to the side. You have to get if you're struggling with getting deep, restful sleep, that's not good. You can't push that to the side. You've got to get back to that, getting that deep, restful sleep. If you're having fatigue, pain, there comes a point where you're not going to be able to push it to the side. I think a lot of times, I think people with fibromyalgia, they think, well, I have to take care of everybody else and I'm not going to take care of myself. And I, it's, I got to tell people, you got to take care of yourself. You got to make yourself the number one priority in your health. I mean, I still put my health, I still do the things that I'm supposed to do. Like, I don't tell people to do stuff that I want to do myself, right? So I'm still off of those foods. I work out, I take supplements, I try to have less stress. That's one thing I'm working on. But I mean, I do try. So that's, I live in the mountains. So I try, I'm trying to do hiking once a month to get out of nature and stuff. But I mean, you got to do these things. We're all human beings, but we all need a break and we all need to take care of ourselves. Yes. And thank you for, for bringing that up because part of the reason that I'm passionate about stress is that we are seeing it directly connected to so many different kinds of disease. Yeah. It can really lay the foundation for diabetes. It's been connected with heart disease for years and now correlations with different, even specific kinds of cancer. So how do you see, what does stress do when you're already struggling with fibromyalgia? I think stress plays a big part because then you're in more pain, you're more exhausted and stuff. Um, your immune system goes down. Right. I find that with myself personally, if I get too stressed out or I take, don't take enough time, then I'll end up with a sore throat. And I am still working on the immune system stuff, but I mean, it's getting better. But I mean, for me personally, it's, you gotta, stress is such a big thing and we don't, want to work on it, honestly, but it's like, take, even if it's just something simple, like sit outside with your meal in the sunshine for like five minutes, 10 minutes. So you're not in that stress state as you're eating. Cause that affects your digestive system. That affects your immune system. That affects your whole body. Right. <laughs> and then, then, I mean, that's just one little thing you could do to help with the stress, just relax. I think a lot of times we're eating in front of the TV, we're eating in front of the computer, and we're all stuck at home. So we're cooking more, but we're not eating 
we might be eating healthier, we might not be eating healthier, depends on what your work definition of healthy is. But I think we're still probably not eating relaxed. And that's the big thing. Yes, absolutely. Because I think people don't really make the connection that that fundamental stress response shuts down our digestive system. Yeah. Biologically, so that we could run from the tigers, the importance was not on digestion. It was on fueling our muscles. And so the circulation shifts. And so I really appreciate that you're drawing that that correlation, that to recognize that we have to, in order to have optimal digestion, we need to look for those opportunities around mealtime to be less stressed out, to give our bodies a fighting chance. Right. But you also said earlier, you know, talking about planning what you're going to be eating. So you don't get into this situation where it's hard to find something that fits with your, with yeah. what works for you. And I think that doing some food planning, food prep on the weekend, however right. you make it work for you is a really powerful form of self-care. You know, people tend to think self-care is booking a massage or taking a right. bubble bath or, you know, these fluffy things that we've been marketed yeah. for a while now, but it's right. really exactly what you need it to be to nurture yourself and to put yourself first. And so yeah. maybe, maybe if that's a helpful perspective shift that people can say, Oh, an hour and a half of food prep on Sunday is self-care. There's a double win. Like let's, let's try to yeah. commit to that. I think with the, it's a double win. You're, if you cook, then you don't have to be always thinking about the next meal. It's a self-care thing. Put a good podcast on or some music. We can recommend a few. (laughs) I mean, I can can recommend so many, but I mean, I have my favorite. But honestly, I think just cooking healthy food so then you could feel good going into the week, especially on the weekends, So then you're not always thinking about, oh, what am I having for dinner tonight? (laughs) What am I doing? Right. I think that's important. I find even getting out, if you can get out in nature where it's springtime in the U.S. So get outside. (laughs) I mean, it's beautiful um, in northern Arizona. But I mean, whatever you do, do something that's for you, especially on the weekends, you have the time, right? And even on the weekdays, you have the time too. You just might have to change a little few things, maybe get up an hour earlier or 30 minutes earlier, read a book, listen to some music. That's easy to say, Alexa, play some music, right? I mean, do these things that bring you joy. So then you're not so stressed out with work and everything else that's going on in your life. I mean, that's why I listen to like positive Christian music is because it starts my morning off with on the right foot. So. Exactly. Exactly. That, that starting your day off is so important, whether that's the music that lights you up, 
I'm a big advocate of dance party. I like to do that at the end of the day too, to like get away from the computer and be free, right? Reading something that's going to give you something positive to think about through the course of the day, writing the gratitudes, which actually starts to wire our brain to be happier, right? We start looking for more reasons to be happy. So these little practices are great to build on. I agree completely. So how do you find that resilience or building resilience and these kind of habits, how do they support people? people who are dealing with fibromyalgia? If you could build that habit, then you could, I feel like you could conquer anything, honestly. Yay. I think that's really powerful and simple. Like, let's just come back to that. If you can build that habit, you can conquer anything. Yeah. I find for me personally, I find that you do what you do. It might scare you. Right. I, but once you do something, if you realize, oh, I can feel better with fibromyalgia, and then you start to feel better with the fibromyalgia, then you start to be like, okay, what is my purpose in life? It doesn't have to be working with people with fibromyalgia. That's my thing. But I mean, it's, you do these things that you probably wouldn't have done if you, if you're, if you had gone the medication route or if you're on the medication route, well, you can change that around. But the whole thing is you got to build, you, it's brick by brick, right? It's not just one thing. You're building upon, you're building. You're building like a house type of thing, right? So I think people need to realize it takes time. Honestly, it takes time, but whatever you want your life to be, you could do it. Just keep going, honestly. I think that's really important for people to to slow down and take in because we are in such an instant gratification world. Yeah. We feel like we have to have relief right away. And I mean, if you're dealing with chronic pain, if you can't remember the last time you've gotten good sleep, of course you want relief right away. (laughs) Yeah. But at the same time, it's something just as your chiropractor pointed out that has built up over a long period of time. And so we need to start framing for ourselves that it takes some time to unwind. So when it doesn't work on the first attempt, when the first thing we take out of our diet doesn't give instant relief, doesn't mean I get to eat whatever I want because it doesn't matter after all. Isn't that true? But I think a lot of times I think, like I was saying, you're, you're doing one thing at a time. Maybe you're focused on getting better sleep. Maybe you're focused on building up your immune system. And over time it starts going brick by brick. Yes. And a house is not done in like a day. It takes months. And just like your body, it takes months to recover. And You've probably been sick for like 20, 30 years, I'm guessing. So you can't expect your body to be the thing that like goes back within two days or a week. It takes time. I mean, it, you can feel better in a couple of weeks, but it all depends on where you're starting. I always find people, wherever you're starting makes a big thing and how committed you are, right? If you're not committed, it's, it's 
your choice, but you have to realize you have to be committed. Yes. Because I think you said, as we were talking earlier, I don't think we've brought it up during the course of this conversation, but no one else is going to fix this for you or put your situation first. You really have to become your own advocate and say, this is my line in the stand. This is the stand I'm going to take for myself so that I can feel better. And yeah, you have to be your own advocate and you have to say, I'm going to do this no matter what. And I'm never giving up because you don't know where your life will be in the next 10 years. And where do you want your life to be? Do you want to be healthy? Do you want to be happy? Do you want to be able to enjoy your family and friends? Like, I mean, like I mentioned before, I have a two-year-old niece. I didn't know that 11 years ago (laughs) when I was first diagnosed with fibromyalgia. I mean, I don't know. Like, we don't know where our journeys are going to be (laughs) in the next 10 years, even five years, even the next year with the coronavirus. (laughs) We didn't know this was going to happen. So... I think the biggest thing we should be focused on this year is, okay, what do I really want in my life? What do I want my legacy to be? Why am I put here on this earth? My my thing is to, it's it's not about me. It's about serving other people. But you have to put your health first because if you don't have your health, then how are you supposed to do what you're supposed to do in life? Yes. And I think that's, I think that's so important is to just give ourselves permission to get super, super clear, to make ourselves a priority and say, what is it that I want to be able to do? What do I want to experience? Right. The parts of life that we know right now are that we don't, the family that we haven't even gotten to meet yet. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great point. I mean, it's, yeah, I'll probably have some more nieces and stuff, but I mean, or a nephew, I don't know. But I mean, we don't know what our lives are going to be like, right? But we can at least focus on our health. And I mean, right now we're at home anyway, so why not focus on our health, right? Exactly. And I think that, you know, sometimes it's really easy to get really caught up in all the things that are outside of our control. especially over the course of the last year, there's been a lot, but what is within our control is exactly what you're talking about. Tuning into what strengthens our immunity so that we can stay healthy. What are the foods that agree with us so that we can thrive? And I love the focus that you put on sleep too, because I think people, and I've talked with you know, I didn't, I didn't raise my own children. I'm a stepmother, but you know, parents I think are chronically sleep deprived and it's that window at the end of the day where they finally get to have their own time. Yeah. And they think it's not really hurting anyone that they're shorting themselves on sleep. I can make it on five hours. I can make it on four hours, you know, and get up the next Mm -hmm. day and do it all over again. And there's so much that comes from sleep, our immunity, digestion, detoxification, restoration throughout our body. Everything comes from sleep, lowering pain. So giving ourselves permission to put that higher on the list is a really important recognition too. Yeah. The first thing that people get rid of is the sleep. And I always say that's number one that we should be focused on. Not the exercise, not the food but the sleep. And that can be a trick and a frustrating thing to turn around when you struggle with sleep and it's worth the effort to bring it back around. Right. It's if you don't 
have your sleep, then that's when the cravings come. That's when the everything, like you said, the immune system, your digestive system, everything's not working right because you're not getting that good sleep. I, it's so important. And I think we all need to turn off the Netflix and, or right. Or turn it off like 15 minutes early, try it and then keep doing it. And then slowly take away. So you're going to sleep a little earlier. And I think that's why I have a free sleep guide is because it's important for people to realize that's great. We have to change our environment, but we sometimes we need supplements to help us with that also. Awesome. And thank you for bringing that up. So that's available to anybody listening or watching our episode. The link is on your website. And what's it called? It's called the sleep fix for those with fibromyalgia is to get that deep restful REM sleep. So I always say to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and you don't feel like a truck has hit you in the morning. (laughs) Yes. And that is one of the top complaints that I hear from the people that I'm working with is not enough hours in the day and not getting quality sleep. So I think that, you know, there's a lot of different tips and tools that you can use and we are all unique. So I think this is a terrific tool that you put together to help people see if they can, if these are the things they're missing to dial in that quality sleep. Thank you. Yeah. I, I find people, the number one complaint I hear about is sleep. (laughs) Yes. That's another pandemic that we are dealing with. It's just, I think it's just a big thing. If you have fibromyalgia or you don't have fibromyalgia, everybody's so stressed out. So if you are stressed out at night, your cortisol levels are going to be pretty high. And I think people need to realize you, anything, you have to get the sleep in control before you do anything else. Yes, it is. It is all so interconnected. It's all, so I love that. it's all, a list. I always say it's all interconnected. It's a holistic approach. Not one thing is going to be the full answer. You have to do other things too. Exactly. Holding on to that spirit of curiosity is so powerful. And I'm so grateful that you're doing the work that you're doing and helping people tune into their unique nutrition situation because we get, again, the air quotes come out, the basics in school and um, not very much pretty dated, pretty skewed information. Because when you look at where the money is coming together to fund that research, I'll throw some more air quotes in there. Um, (laughs) it's easy to see some flaws in the current recommendations. So I love that you are bringing this conversation to how people can be proactive and tune into meeting their body's needs. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I feel like we got to listen to our bodies. If our bodies, our bodies tell us more than we listen to. (laughs) They'll tell you, Oh, you had a headache. Well, the question is, why did you have the headache? Are you tracking what you're eating? Are you tracking it? Your headache might be coming from what you're eating or it might be a hormonal issue, but you got to track it. Your doctors aren't going to do that for you. Yes. Other terrific tools, getting tuned into journaling on what you're eating, how you're feeling. All of that is so, so helpful. 
Awesome. I'm so glad you were able to make time and be with me today. Thank you so much for everything you've shared. I think this is really powerful information. So I'm glad that you're doing what you're doing. And I would love for everybody to check out your podcast, Fibromyalgia Real Solutions with Amanda Love. Subscribe, rate and review. (laughs) Right? Yeah, it's going to celebrate two years in May. and, And... I can't, I'm excited for all my people, all my guests that are coming up and stuff. So it's a love of mine and getting on that sleep regimen, getting the sleep guide would be, I would say would be the number one thing people should do. And you will get emails with the podcast episodes. So you don't miss the podcast episodes. So, I mean, I just do, I send one weekly an email about the new podcast episodes every Tuesday and every Sunday there's a new episode. So there's been some amazing guests and you're going to be on it. And so I'm excited for that. So it's, it's a great way to get the word out there that fibromyalgia, you can get better. And there's all these different ways holistically that you could get better with all these amazing other people that work with people. Yeah. So there is, there is hope. It might take some trying things out, you know, if we coming back to it, we'll, we'll be able to get on the right track. So I'm so glad that you're doing your work and coaching people through this process. Thanks for joining me today. I look forward to our conversation when I get to join you on your show. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Take care. Thank you for tuning in today. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. And if you found value in today's episode, make sure you subscribe to catch the next one and leave a review to help fellow pod surfers find Happified. Until next time, keep on shining.